Well, for a second straight week, we've got a new number one atop the Big 12 football power rankings. Welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports is how you find us covering the Big 12 conference each and every week. And not just each and every week. How about each and every day? All right, we're going to count down these power rankings from worst to first. And before we do that, would you do me a solid as you hop on the show and hit the thumbs up on the YouTube video? And of course, five stars on the podcast. You know what to do. I think I saw us at 728, 728 ratings. I want to get to 750 by Thanksgiving. That's like two weeks from Thursday. Can you hit the five star for me? Help a brother out. What do you say? So let's get right into it. Another wild weekend of Big 12 football. And uh, we've got a new number one. So we'll count it down from worst to first in the Big 12 Conference at the bottom of the power rankings this week. The Cincinnati Bearcats, they are now the only winless team in Big 12 play. It was a battle of winless teams this past Saturday, Cincinnati and UCF. UCF came out on top. And the issue for Cincinnati, there's a lot of them. At the top of the list, they don't have the quarterback play. They don't have the juice to get it done in these big spots and uh, at this level. And they are going to continue to struggle until they get that fixed. Number 13 in our Big 12 football power rankings this week, the Baylor Bears. They were 12th last week. They drop a spot to 13th. They lose to Houston. And uh, boy, Baylor looks awful. And this is now a second straight year that Baylor has underachieved. Two straight years underachieving for Baylor, two years after winning a Big 12 title. I'll get to more of what the future might be like for Dave Aranda, but it's um, it's not pretty right now in Waco. Three and six, staring three and nine right down the barrel. At number 12, UCF. They were 13th last week. They move up a spot, essentially trading places with Baylor. They won a game. They got their first Big 12 win. They beat Cincinnati, and um, they run the ball very well. We knew they could do that. It hasn't really been the issue this season. The problem is they don't really know how to stop it. And by the way, they have Ollie Gordon coming to town this weekend. So Godspeed to him and good luck. At number 11 on the power rankings, BYU. They were ninth last week. They dropped to 11. BYU has lost its last two games against old Big 12 teams by a combined score of 72-13. to 13. That is horrific. It's pretty messy right now in Provo. When you look at it, I mean, even the two Big 12 games they've won, they were outgained in total yards and had to take advantage of mistakes. They don't have the quarterback play right now needed to compete at the top of this league. They just simply don't have it. So BYU is 11 in the power rankings this week. At number 10, Houston moving up from 11 to 10. Houston, a lot of credit to Dana Holgerson and this staff. They came in. And they uh, could have gotten waxed, right? They lost 41 nothing to K-State last week. Uh, that was after their close game against Texas. And what do they do? They come out and they play pretty darn good football and they get a win in Waco. And that was a game that Dave Aranda had to have to feel better about his season, to have any chance of getting to a bowl game. And nope, Dana Holgerson, who had a rough week, by the way, got blown out at K-State talking about how his recruiting class is going to stink in 24. 
but he got a good win. And his guys needed that. He needed that one. And uh, Houston's number 10 in the power rankings this week. Meantime, at number nine, how about the TCU Horn Frogs? They come in at number nine. They were eight last week. Uh, they end up, of course, in a position where they don't look like they're going to a bowl game this year. One year after making the national championship game, TCU is unlikely to reach bowl eligibility. Uh, that is uh, a bad look for Sonny Dykes because what it does is it makes last year, not that we expect TCU to be in playoff contention every year or anything like that, but it really makes last year look like a miracle. And it wasn't a miracle. I mean, they got some breaks that every team needs along the way to you know reach a national championship game, but it wasn't a miracle. But the way they're playing this year, it looks like a miracle. And a lot of the big transfers they brought in aren't panning out. So we'll see what Sonny Dykes ends up learning from this season. But they can turn that all around if they pull off the wild upset against Texas this Saturday. That would be something to watch and something to follow. So they're nine-point dogs. already looked. But uh, hey. Keep an eye on that game. Number eight in the power rankings, Texas Tech. Obviously, they beat TCU on Thursday night. They're back in the win column. Baron Morton's at quarterback. They move up a couple of slots. Um, it was refreshing to see Taj Brooks get 31 carries. Long overdue. Good win for Texas Tech. Moving on. See if they can get to a bowl game, winning two of their last three. Number seven on the power rankings, West Virginia. Dominant win against uh, BYU. That improves them 37 to 7. That improves them the 4 and 2 in league play and they're on the road against Oklahoma this week. And remember this for West Virginia. If you listen to my show, you're going to tell me I sound like a broken record when I say this. But I just want to repeat it because not enough people are talking about it. West Virginia is a Hail Mary loss to Houston away from being in a three-way tie for first place in the Big 12 with Oklahoma State and Texas. And going on the road to OU this weekend in first place with three games left. With OU a game back. I'm just pointing that out. I know it's not happening that way. And West Virginia's 4-2 in conference play. And Oklahoma's 4-2 in conference play. So this is really an elimination game. This Saturday in Norman for the Big 12 Championship is what this is. But uh, we're not giving this team enough credit. Because they're not sexy. They don't have the star quarterback. They don't have the Ali Gordon. But they're just like... Solid all around. Defense is good. Running game is coming along nicely. C.J. Donaldson is leading the way there. But by the way, they're building a nice duo with Jaheim White. I could see that C.J. Donaldson-Jaheim White duo being the best one-two punch in the Big 12 next season. Of course, if they come back, if all goes well, those guys have had a very good couple of games. So just something to keep an eye on because... Uh, Neil Brown's off the hot seat. This team's playing very good football, and West Virginia fans should be very happy with how this game is. Uh, this season has played out. Obviously, number six in the power rankings, Iowa State. They were four last week. They dropped two after falling to KU at home. Uh, they saw that three-game winning streak coming to an end, and a lot of people want to point to the officiating. But listen, you throw a pick six, you can't run the ball. Two and a half yards per carry against a suspect rushing defense in Kansas, and that's why Iowa State lost this game. It's a tough final stretch for the Cyclones. They got a road trip to BYU, followed by Texas and Kansas State, and that's when we're really going to find out who exactly this team is. At number five on the power rankings, let's roll it to Kansas State. They actually move up 
a spot from six to five. Now, they played Texas right down to the wire. If Colin Klein had bailed on the running game earlier, who knows how the game might have played out differently. But either way, I would have kicked the field goal. I said that a million times throughout the week. I would have kicked the field goal um, in the first overtime. But my buddy, uh, Kevin Keatsman, who is a big radio host and podcaster in the Kansas City area, he brought up an interesting point. He said, what if when it was first and goal in the first overtime, Chris Kleiman said to his guys, we've got four downs to score here. What if he doesn't end up going for it on fourth down? After he looks his dudes, his coaches in the eyes, and he goes, we're going for it no matter what. We've got four downs to score a touchdown. If he backs off that, if Kleiman backs off that promise to his guys, what does that do to their psyche, to their confidence? I'm not saying that's what happened, but it's an interesting point. Because I said in the reaction show on Sunday on YouTube and on the podcast, I would have kicked the field goal and tied the game. Why? They were playing great football, Kansas State. They had Texas on the ropes. They had come back from 20 points down. Malik Murphy was totally confused. I know on the road, you're like, oh, we got to go for the win. You were in control of that game for the last quarter and a half. Chris Kleiman doesn't regret it. I understand it. That's got to be the mentality as a coach, but I would have kicked it. And maybe it's because, though, he told us, guys, we got four chances here to score a touchdown. That's it. But K-State played him right down to the wire in Austin. And um, Kansas State, of course, is, I don't want to say they're out of it, but um, that was their chance, obviously to really put themselves in the driver's seat for repeating as Big 12 champs. They come up just short. They're at five in the power rankings. At number four in the power rankings this week, Oklahoma down from three, falling to four. They've now lost two straight against KU and Oklahoma State. The offensive play calling remains perplexing, especially in some key situations. That being said, Jeff Levy wasn't dropping passes all over the field. Jeff Levy wasn't botching snaps. Uh, Jeff Levy wasn't turning the ball over three times. So uh, this like nonstop knock Jeff Levy all day, every day is really tiresome for Sooners fans as they try to find a scapegoat. And that's what they're doing. And I like, I'm not here to defend Jeff Levy and say he's the greatest OC in the country, but man, you want to rag on him for the Kansas game. Fine. That is not the reason that you lost against Oklahoma state. I mean, the ball went right through Nick Anderson's hands on a big play down the field. He can't catch it. He can't call the plays, snap the ball, throw the ball, and catch the ball. So anyway, OU's at three. um, And on top of that, you know, you've got penalties that keep piling up. It's one of the reasons I thought OU was in trouble in this game. They are the second most penalized team in the Big 12. You go to Stillwater, tough environment, the juice, the emotion around this game. It's going to come back to bite you. And that included the head coach who got himself a 15-yarder himself. So Oklahoma, um, their their hopes of a playoff appearance are over, but they still can reach a Big 12 title. They're just going to need some help above them. At number three in the power rankings, the Kansas Jayhawks. They fall down from number two. Now, you'll find out why here in a second. Of course, they beat Iowa State, but I moved them down a slot. You see, that's why we have fun with the power rankings. I'm not just looking at the standings and saying, well, this is one, this is two, this is three. We have fun. We do it based on what you've actually done and what you've looked like your most recent time out. So KU got a solid victory in Ames on Saturday night. Those are never easy to come by. 
Jason Bean was very good through the air. Uh, the defense, highlighted by a pick six, took care of business as well. And KU has now won back-to-back conference games for the first time since 2008. How wild is that? That's also the last time they reached the seven-win mark, which happened on Saturday night. So there you go. KU is number three. And that's because at number two, I've got in my power rankings the Texas Longhorns at number two this week. Now, Texas didn't do anything wrong to get bumped out of the top spot. It's more about what the team in front of them are doing. Also, Texas nearly blew a 20-point lead against Kansas State, and Malik Murphy looked more and more like a freshman as that game went on. These are the reasons that I moved Texas from one down to two. Plus, of course, UT has the strong defensive line, best in the conference, no doubt about that. They are tied for first place with three games left, but uh, the sooner they get Quinn Ewers back, the better off they're going to be. There's no doubt about that. So that means the number one team in the Big 12 football power rankings this week on Heartland College Sports is the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yes, a new number one. What a win for the Pokes. It's really this simple. Oklahoma State is playing the best football in the Big 12 right now, bar none. They have won five in a row. They just beat a top 10 Oklahoma team who, by the way, beat Texas. And they are in a great position to end up in Arlington for the Big 12 championship. Yes, this team has lost to South Alabama. It was an awful loss. But that was nearly two months ago. Times have changed. This team is completely different. They've got a Heisman contender in Ollie Gordon at running back. And these are wild times right now in Stillwater. So I've got Oklahoma State at number one in the power rankings because of what they've done. Uh, Getting a better win, by the way, than anybody else in the league this past weekend. That matters, too. They're the hottest team in the conference. And uh, they get the number one spot in the power rankings here on Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks for joining us. Hit the thumbs up on YouTube, would you please? Subscribe to the channel, by the way. And also leave us a rating and review on the podcast. You'll get a Heartland College Sports koozie. When you do that, send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo. M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. Tim says, I've lost my mind. I haven't lost my mind. Mike Gundy might have lost his mind because this team has completely turned things around. I'm just going based off what I see on the field. That's what I'm doing. And when I factor in Texas on a backup quarterback, nearly blowing a 20-point lead at home versus what Oklahoma State did the last time out, combined with the fact they're the hottest team in the conference— and they just beat OU, who beat Texas earlier in the season, I think it's a strong case to make for Oklahoma State being at the top of our power rankings this week. So that's what we've got. Uh, Snappy says that the South Alabama loss on YouTube feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, uh, it certainly does feel like a lifetime ago. I will give you that. There's no doubt about it. Um, it, it, It feels like another world is what it does. Uh, Corey says Texas should have lost to Kansas State. Listen, I don't know if they would have lost. There's no way to say that for certain. I would have kicked the field goal, kept the game going. K-State had all the momentum. Malik Murphy looked like a freshman, uh, but that's not what Chris Kleiman wanted to do. Uh, Doug on YouTube, some seem to think that Kansas is more in the conference race than Kansas State. 
they have the same two conference losses, Oklahoma State and uh, Texas. Well, that is true. I think you got to really look at the schedules. Now, they play each other next week, and that's going to be a great game if they can both hold serve and win this week. But they obviously need help. KU has Texas Tech this weekend. They should get a win. Kansas State has Baylor this weekend. They should get a win. That sets up for a heck of a matchup next week in Lawrence between KU and K-State. It will be an elimination game, but of course a lot of it depends on what happens this weekend across the Big 12. And here's what's fascinating about this weekend. I'll get to my picks, of course, later on. But here's what's fascinating about this weekend. What's fascinating about this weekend is that Texas is playing TCU, right? That's the game this weekend. And they're a nine-point favorite. And okay, that's what I would have expected, give or take. But have you seen the Oklahoma State line at UCF? There is zero respect whatsoever for Oklahoma State. I am stunned. Oklahoma State opened up as a one-point favorite at UCF. UCF has one of the worst run defenses in not just the Big 12 off the top of my head, but one of the worst in the country. And now they got to slow down Ollie Gordon? I don't want to get too much into my picks, but just know where I'm going here with this. I know it's, it's early in the conversation to be talking about this, but man, that one made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. When I saw that line drop, I'm like, what the heck is that all about? A one, but now I know they're coming off the big win, the emotion of the Bedlam game, but UCF has no business being a one-point dog against Oklahoma State. And two weeks ago, I gave you my lock of the week. My lock of the week two weeks ago was West Virginia plus seven at UCF. Somehow, Vegas put UCF as a seven-point favorite in that game. And I told you, hammer West Virginia, hammer West Virginia. That was my lock, and we nailed it. And last week, my lock was K-State plus four and a half. We nailed that. So we're rolling. Our picks are 15-8-1 on the season. I'm just going to point that out here. I'll give you the official picks later in the week. I will do that um, Wednesday or Thursday night is usually when we drop that show. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you are... um, Subscribe to the podcast, however you're getting the show. Just make sure you're subscribed so you get it. But our picks are 15-8-1 on the season. And I don't know. I don't think Stanford Steve's doing that well on college game day. What a, I mean, seems like a nice man, but what a snooze fest he is. And I don't know how Bear is doing over on Big Noon Kickoff because I don't watch Big Noon Kickoff. I tried to do it a little bit with K-State Texas this weekend, but I'm kind of like, I, how many pretty boys do I need to see? Right? Leinert and, and Ingram's got nothing to say. And it's uh, game day is a much better product. It's like watching the B team or the D team on Big Noon Kickoff. And what? Leinert's on there. It's like no one's very interesting. College game day crew, uh, big McAfee guy, by the way. I'm seeing all these stuffy college football fans rip Pat McAfee. He's the best thing going on college game day right now. He makes it entertaining. He makes my mornings fly by when I'm watching that show. And I'm watching it in between having, you know, chasing around a couple of kids. I got a four and a two-year-old daughter I'm running after. But McAfee just makes it fun. Lee Corso, I don't know what he's saying. I have a lot of respect for Kirk Herbstreet. I think he's great. But he's, you know, he's a little stiff sometimes. 
And Desmond Howard is like, all he does is laugh and give you bad takes. He brings very little to the table outside of cool sunglasses. So McAfee, to me, is the star of that show, hands down. (laughs) Mr. Jara writes on YouTube, they are so handsome on Big Noon. They're like too handsome. All right. Can you get a little ugly? Someone that looks like the rest of us here. I can't watch college football and feel worse about how I look. That's not really the point of watching a college football pregame show. Way too pretty, way too handsome. I agree with you there. So uh, Joshua says, Pete, I see it being Oklahoma State versus Texas in the Big 12 title game, and it makes sense since they don't play each other this season. That's from Facebook Live. Um, Listen, if you're placing bets, that's obviously the odds-on favorite right now uh, for those two teams to be there because they're the only 5-1 and one teams left in conference play. Know this, Mike Gundy... Don't look now, but dude always, always takes care of Texas. This will be a different game, but boy, would it be a hell of a matchup. Uh, that would be something else. And you're right. They don't play each other this year. So that would be a, a, a very good game as well. And it would be up to Mike Gundy to slay old school, big eight quarterback, now big 12 coaching legend, Mike Gundy to slay one of the two blue bloods in their final game in the Big 12 as they head for the SEC. Just put it all on Mike Gundy's shoulder, baby. Shoulders. He can do it. He's the one I want in that spot. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, King for Rest on YouTube asks, if we're going to be doing live streams for basketball season, possibly with Matthew Postens. He is our basketball guru. I may have the two of us do some stuff during the year. I think that will be fun. Figure once, I'm going to shoot for once a week, once we get into conference play, Matthew and I will do co-hosting live streams on basketball. I watch the basketball. I follow the basketball. He is really far more into the Big 12 hoops than I am. So I want to bring him on. We'll do some shows with him during hoop season. So yeah, if you're a Big 12 basketball fan, that gets going this week. And I want to make sure you are subscribed to the channel and the show. That way you never miss an episode of what we've got uh, going on here at Heartland College Sports. We appreciate you guys uh, being a part of the show. Make sure you're hopping on our message boards, by the way. Those are free. And we want to interact with you guys during the week as well. That's a great way to interact with our staff, the people we have writing all over Heartland College Sports. And we're having a great time doing it. I'm on there as much as I possibly can be during the day. And then I check them always at uh, night to see what you guys are talking about. So great to have you here. And before you leave the podcast, I know you're you're about to leave it. Don't leave it yet. Hit the five-star button for me, would you? And then if you want the koozie, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. I will get you that free Heartland College Sports koozie. Love you guys. Thanks for everything. We'll talk to you soon.